Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. Amen. You know, it, it gets truer and better every single day as we begin to dive off into it. It's amazing. It's been, uh, can't hold nothing down. It's been 26 years, I guess, in the ministry, been 26 years. I remember when I first gave my life to the Lord, <clears throat> I was just a young kid, a uh, young boy, seven years old, I remember. Uh, it was a Pentecostal Church of God. Anybody familiar with the Pentecostal Church of God? Amen. Their headquarters used to be in Joplin here for a long, long time. And Pentecostal Church of God in Lane, Oklahoma. Southeast Kansas, Southeast Oklahoma, amen, just about 10 miles east of Atoka, uh, there Atoka, Oklahoma, and just about 10 miles east of Atoka is, uh, is Lane, Oklahoma, you just missed the offering, Cody, so uh, is uh, Lane, Oklahoma, and so <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anybody watching me? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, seven years old, and I gave my life to the Lord. And, uh, you know, through the years of growing up in church, mom and dad would take us to church every time the doors was open, and then some. Because back then, when, when the church had revival, we didn't do a three-day convention or a conference. We didn't doll it up real pretty and give out gifts. Hey, if you show up, I'll give you a pen, and, and I'll feed you. When we had back those days, we had revival. I mean, I'm talking, it was just, it, it, it was revival. And it would go two and sometimes three weeks. I mean, we, we, we would go, and, and we would dive off into it. And, and uh, Mom and Dad did the best they could. As we begin to, to, to grow up and raise us up, uh, my dad worked for the county of Atoka, Oklahoma. He run a bulldozer and a grader and all the heavy equipment and stuff, and he did all that. He was a, uh, a uh, cut meat uh, most of his life. He was an expert meat cutter. Matter of fact, I mean, he could just, just in his sleep. But I remember growing up, we never had much. And there would be times when I knew that we didn't have anything because our supper was going to be potatoes and beans. Potatoes was cheap. Mama could make the best potato soup, I'm telling you. Cornbread, whoo. I mean, the best potato soup and cornbread. But I grew up in a family that knew how to pray and get a hold of God. And they weren't afraid to do it. I'm not talking about they just wanted to be cute about it, but I'm talking about when they would fall down in the front room, sometimes 10, 11 o'clock at night, 
I'm in bed getting ready for school, and I'm waking up thinking, what in the world is going on? And walk out, and it's mom and dad sitting in the front room, calling out to God, tears streaming down their face, praying until they get hoarse, crying until they had no more tears to cry, believing in God, holding the line. When it felt like that it wasn't going to hold on, they would stand in the middle of it and just hold the line. And they prayed. They call it push praying now. Pray until something happened. But before they got cute with the push part of it, that's what they did. They prayed until something happened. This generation of believers have gotten so, so just relaxed. We're trying to find the best book. Who wrote a book about it? Who talked about it? Who wrote a movie about it? Who been through it? We've just been so relaxed to the time to where we've just absolutely almost been rocked to sleep sitting in church. I ain't going to get no help in here tonight, but that's okay because I come with an amen built in me. We have come to the point to where we've been so relaxed. It's all about the comfort part of it. I remember in the church growing up being Matter of fact, when me and Pastor Anna uh, got married and in 1995 and I'd strayed away from the Lord and, and when I come back and rededicated my life in that old storefront church there south of, of Atoka, it had hardwood floors and hardwood ceiling. You talking about sound that was, it wasn't no sound. It bounced off the ceilings and off the walls, and, but we didn't care. I mean, we had some uh, uh, PV speakers I had the Black Widow speakers in the time, at the time, if anybody knows anything about the PV stuff. had the Black Widow speakers in them. And, and we had one on this side and we had one on that side. And we would sing and we would praise God. And we would shout. We would run all over the place. Let me tell you something. If you think that Anna is really reserved, you didn't see her back in that church we grew up in. She would sometimes kick that piano stool out of the way, and I mean, I'm talking right now, I mean, she would just throw down a, a big old Holy Ghost shout. I mean, I, I, I mean, you'd be preaching, look around, you'd have a runner, somebody running. We'd say, well, there goes a runner. And it was a church at the time going through some stuff, but they was holding the line. I remember when I got called out into the ministry full-time in the year 2000. That's when Y2K. Y'all remember Y2K? That's when the church stood up and held the line. I'm going to speak truth to you tonight, but here's what I want to tell you. That we're facing a time that Ephesians has told us to put on the whole armor of God so you would be able to withstand the fiery darts of the devil for the evil day. I don't know about you, but my friend, we are setting in an evil day. It's not the evil days to come. Listen, he said for the evil day. This is where we need a church to stand up 
and hold the line. I don't care if you're Methodist, if you're Baptist, if you're Presbyterian. I don't care. I need the church. I need the church of the living God to stand up and hold the line. Don't back up from anything else. Stand your ground and know what God's called you to be. We have too many points to find, well, this church does this and this church does that. We ought to just be known as a church who loves God. We ought to be known as a church that believes in the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody. We ought to believe in the church that stands up together so we can hold the line. If you got more people standing together, praise God, I'm telling you what, there's always been division. But the biggest division has happened in 2020, and it's dividing the church, and it's dividing politics, it's dividing us, and it's dividing us all over. And our our, our, our mind is scatterbrained, and we can't stand up, and we're getting weak. But I'm speaking to somebody that will stand back up and just hold the line. I'm speaking to somebody that'll dig in and stay a little longer. I'm speaking to somebody that'll pray until something happens. I'm speaking to somebody, my God, that'll clap in calamity, that'll shout in shackles. That'll dance in a dilemma. I'm preaching to somebody that will stand up and hold the line. This generation of weak Christian people persecuted. I were persecuted if they don't put fries in our Happy Meal. We don't know what persecution is. Feel like we're persecuted because, everybody say, I love the preacher. No, say it one more time. Say, I love the preacher. Feel like we're persecuted because uh, be, be, because uh, of, of, of our, fi our favorite NFL team is not doing what we wanted to do. Our, fa our favorite college team is not doing what we want to do. We feel like we're sitting back and we're persecuted. And honey, we don't even know what persecution is. But the Western World Church has just been so dummied down and we've been so weak. And we want what we want. We want to look good while we do it. We want to pray too long because it takes too much out of our stuff but we just want to come to church we want to carry our bibles we want to wear the t-shirts we just want people to know that we're religious honey i'm not religious i'm born of god i stand in this place today to know that freedom has run over my life and we found ourselves scared to death covid it's a trick from the enemy. It's real. It is. But something with a 96 point something, something like that, I don't know all the uh, uh, numbers on it, 96 point something rate of survival, so there's a 4% of it that it won't, it scared us to death. And so now it's fear versus faith. So faith and fear is a reversal of faith. If, if the enemy can get us to quit believing, then we'll quit holding the line. If anybody, if, if the enemy can get us 
to the place to where we just say, well, you know, maybe God will. Honey, let me tell you something. It's not maybe he will. It's he, I already did it. I sent my son to die on a cross, to bleed for you. He died until every disease was taken care of. He died on that cross until you become free. He died until you could get up and you can live your life for him. I got a few scriptures. I want to go to Luke chapter 10, verse 17, and I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. Anybody ever had the Passion Translation? Anybody ever read out of it? The Passion Translation. I think we might have it up here. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Give me just a minute here. Listen, listen. When the 70 missionaries returned to Jesus, they were ecstatic with joy, telling him, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we commanded them in your name. Jesus replied, he says, while you were ministering, don't miss this, it's the reason I'm reading out this. Don't miss this. While you were ministering. Listen, 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 listen. My God. While you were ministering. Listen, if you're too busy debating, you're not ministering. If you're too busy on Facebook putting up your rants, uh, you're not ministering. Uh, somebody help me in here tonight. Uh, if you're too busy mad uh, at the government, uh, you're not ministering anymore. Uh, if you're too busy uh, uh, mad whether you're Republican or Democrat, uh, you're not ministering anymore. Uh, somebody please help me in here tonight. Uh, it's time that we start ministering. Jesus says, and while you are ministering, Listen, I love this. I watched Satan topple until he fell. <clears throat> you know why I suck? Can I come down here? This is my church, I guess, again. Listen, listen, listen. When you begin to minister, this is what Jesus told him. Because Satan runs to and fro. That's what he does. He runs to and fro. And he's always he's the accuser of the brethren. He's always comes out, well, you know, Roger. Roger got mad at his wife today. I don't know. Well, he, he no. And he's always accusing. But, but at the moment, somebody hear me just for a minute. At the moment, I don't care. My God, help me, Jesus. I don't care what happened to you in the morning. I don't care what happened to you last week. I don't care who lied to you. I don't care who betrayed you. At the moment you step out of you and you start ministering Jesus, then Satan and all his angels who are talking about you, the Bible said they failed. We got too many demons standing up and not falling. We need to get back to ministering the word of God. I'm talking we need to get back to helping people. We need to get back to praying for people. We got to get back to that. My wife sent me and Tanner all the way up to Kansas City to get some stuff for Lambs to Lions. She told us what was, she sent me a picture of what we was going to get. And so I'm trying to get a hold of the lady. So I get a hold of the lady and I call her and, and she answers the phone and she says, hello. I said, uh, 
my wife bought some stuff from you and I was supposed to pick it up. She goes, I'm still at the doctor. I said, what, do you know when you're going to be out? She says, no. So I, I knew, okay, she's at the doctor. I was trying to talk, so hung up. Just a little bit later, she messages and she said, I'm back now. It was about 20 minutes before we got there. Me and Tanner pulled up. And she come in, and when we walked in, she come out, and I could tell there was something going on in her life. And we walked in, and as soon as we walked in, I looked at her and I said, how are you today? She said, not very good. I said, oh, yeah? She goes, yeah, it looks like I inherited all my mom's diseases. My mom had a heart disease, and I just come back from the doctor, and I got a heart disease now. She said, not only that, she said they found two lumps in my breast, one in each breast. Now I've got to go through chemotherapy. She goes, today's been a bad day. I looked at that woman. I didn't ask her, are you Baptist? Are you Methodist? Are you Presbyterian? Do you read? I, I said, can I pray for you? She looked at me, kind of stepped back a little bit. It's, it's like, well, couldn't hurt. She didn't have no faith. She didn't need to have no faith. I thought I was going to pick up something from Lamb's Line, but God said, I need you to drive all the way to Olathe, Kansas, because I want to minister to somebody that just got out of the hospital. They got the worst news of their life. Somebody hear me right now. I want you to go there. And not only did I go, but I went double. I brought old Tanner Brown with me. And we walked up in that place. And I, and, and I, I know COVID's going, going rampant, so I didn't touch her. I, I didn't lay my hands on her. But if she had been in my church, my, yeah, glory to God. But I stood away from her just to respect because I could tell there was some stuff going on. And I started praying. And when I started praying, I heard her. And I looked up and tears streaming down her face. And she's sitting there and she's, she's, and she's crying and tears streaming down her face. And I began to pray. We got done and we got left. She said, oh, I need to tell you, my son's got the disease too. I said, let's pray for him too. Praise God. And so we started praying for him. And again, the waterworks begin to move. I need to tell you something right now. I cursed that lying devil off her family. I cursed that lying devil and that disease and I told her just as sure as I'm looking at her. I don't care if you believe it or not, but my God has healed you today and I drove all the way from Pittsburgh, Kansas so I can minister to you. Devils began to topple and fall. Listen. Hold the line. It ain't time to give up. It ain't time to quit. It ain't time to say it ain't working. I prayed for the election and it got stolen. Shut up and hold the line. Quit grumping because the Democrats got it and the Republicans got it. I'm of the kingdom party, honey. I'm not Democrat or Republican. I belong to Jesus. I'm not of this world. I'm just a passing through. And when I get to where I'm going, I guarantee you, they're not going to ask me, did I check red or blue on my ballot card? They're going to ask me what blood is pumping in your veins. And I'm going to tell them, it's the blood of King Jesus, baby. He died just for me. 
We got to hold the line. <coughs> Can I read some more? <coughs> Satan toppled until he fell suddenly. From heaven, the King James Version says it like this. Jesus said, I beheld Satan like lightning as he fell from heaven. But I like the TPT version. He said, while you were ministering. Woo! Satan toppled and fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. He got down on my level and I just planted a size seven. <laughs> He must mean I'll get Billy and put a size 12 on him. Or Cody and put a size seven and a half. <laughs> Woo. My God, can I preach tonight? Now you understand that I have imparted to you my authority. Now understand I've imparted you my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and everyone and every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. But your names are written in the journals as heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom. This is the true source of your authority. Then Jesus overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus got the Holy Ghost goosebumps. Come on, somebody. Then Jesus overflowing with the Holy Spirit's joy exclaimed, Father, thank you for you are Lord supreme over heaven and earth. You have hidden the great revelation. I need to tell somebody right now that it might have been hidden for a long time. But I'm going to tell you right now that the church might not understand it. And they might be mad at COVID. But COVID is like a Judas. You can't get nowhere unless you been kissed by Judas. I'm here to tell you right now, the church was sleepy and not doing nothing until COVID showed up. And I want you to know that there's still a handful of people that are holding the line. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit preaching it. I'm not going to quit screaming it. I believe it from the top of my head to the soles of my feet that this revival is in an infant stage. But I need to remind somebody at 12 years old, Jesus stood in the temple as an adolescent. Ah, I got some good gospel news. The revival is in an infant stage, but it's growing. Some say, why is he so loud? I can't help it. I can't, I can't sit still no more. Y'all might not be able to handle this, but I'll just tell you the truth. Before I'd go into the bar, I'd stop about five miles out, and I'd take me a bump of cocaine. I'd get it because I, I wanted to get in the bar and get loud. I, I, I wanted to get in the bar and get loud and show out. I need to tell somebody, I just switched bumps. I started bumping on Jesus now. When I get up in the morning, I just bump on him a little bit until he feels me. In the evening, I bump on him a little bit. I ain't never heard anybody overdosing on Jesus. But if they did, I guarantee they'd be like Enoch. And they'd walk, and one day God just take them. Come on somebody. I wish somebody would help me preach in this Holy Ghost place tonight. Yeah. 
my God, I'm about to run plumb out my watch shoes. <coughs> Let's go to Isaiah 53 and 1. Put it up here. New King James Version, Isaiah 53 and 1. No, that's not 1. That's 53 and 4. Anyway, the Bible says, Isaiah 53 and 1, who has believed the report of the Lord and who has seen the strong arm of God? And I'm going to tell you right now, you better start believing God's report because his strong arm is coming. And when it begins to move upon this nation, I'm telling you right now, every lie that's been tossed into you, it's going to have to be tossed out. God told me this week, he said, I told you in my word that I have laid up the wealth of the world for the righteous. And I need somebody to hear me right now. It's never been about how much money I got. It's been about how big is my God. And when God shows up, he's going to show out. Y'all should have come in here and drunk some heavenly coffee or something. Let's go to Habakkuk. Let's go to Habakkuk 2. 1, 2, 3. Habakkuk 2. Now I preached on this not long ago. I will stand my watch and set on the rampart, on a high tower, on a high mountain, high above, and I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Write it on Facebook. Write it on Instagram. Write it on Twitter. Write it in the email. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Praise God. Oh, 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 down I like that. Praise God. That's an old-timey word. Didn't he know I was going to have a tablet in 2020? Write it on your iPhone tablet and make it plain. Praise God that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Praise God. It's for an appointed time. Somebody hear me right now. God already knew what you was going through. All of your mistakes was already in the will of God. They might have been many and they might have been little. But don't let the devil pull that from you. All your mistakes was already in the will of God. Those look at me like, I ain't got no mistakes. <laughs> Everything you ever did wrong is already in God's will. Well, preacher. Oh, oh well, preacher. You know, man, man's got his own will. And God, oh, God ain't going to go against man's will. You mean to tell me that your little old humanistic will is going to go against the divine will of God? It will not. When he's got a divine will on you, it'll implant in you. And if you don't believe me, you go ask Judas. He went to the, I mean, Jonah. He went to the school, University of Wales. And he understood that when his will wanted to run from God, God made sure a big fish come on side the boat and swallowed him up because it's his divine will. And this same Jonah, when you read in the story, was the same one that had the headaches and fell when Elisha came and he died in the field. And his mama said, you told me I was going to get him. I've come to you 
you out and you're going to raise him up. And God raised him up. And when he wanted to go against God's will, the divine will and purpose of God was to speak him into existence. Need my white handkerchief so I can surrender. My God, <laughs> got my shoes. Listen, when the prophet of God showed up, the little old woman was a, was a rich woman married to an old man. Everything he'd had was dried up. She was young, but he couldn't have any kids. But she made a table, she made a cabin, and she put a lamp, and she put a bed, and she said, we're going to do this for the prophet of God. And so when he showed up, then, listen to me, somebody hear me right now. When you begin to move toward heaven, heaven moves toward you. Don't you know when you start giving to God, it begins to move the heart of God. I'm telling you right now, if you don't believe me, you go back to Cain and Abel, because Cain didn't move the heart of God, but Abel did. Cain said, look what I did. And Abel said, I didn't do anything. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have it. My God, somebody hear me in this place today. And when you start moving to God, God moves to you. <clears throat> the prophet said, Gehazi, go ask her what we can do for her. He said, she didn't say nothing there. She said, I don't need nothing. I'm rich. I got all I need. I got more money than I need. I have everything. Everything's good. I don't need anything. He come back to God. Gazi come back and said, she don't need nothing. He said, hmm. Gazi said, but. You don't have a child. You hear me? I preached all the way around to get to this right here, and I ain't got it in my notes. The Holy Ghost led me all the way. Listen. He said, you go tell her that the season and the time of life, she don't have a child. <clears throat> Woo. Listen. Listen. She said, don't you lie to me, prophet of God. My husband's old. I ain't going to say it. I'm going to say gospel. He's just old. <laughs> Don't you come in here and lie to me to get what you want because I did something for you. Don't you lie to me. He just kept on walking. Sometimes you just got to keep on walking. Nine months come along. Something got into the husband. Woo. She had a child. And the Bible said that when a child grew older, he was working with his father out in the field. Some historians, Bible historians say he was about 21 years old. Listen to me. And out in the field, he cried my head, my head. And some said that he had a heat stroke. And, and so he grabbed his head. And so the daddy, the daddy's thinking, I didn't have nothing to do with this. That crazy wife I got. Went and got some guru guy to say she's going to have a child. I ain't going to have I'm going to take, take, take him back to her. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you got to go back to your faith. 
Sometimes you got to go back to where you believed. Sometimes you got to stop in the middle of the road and whatever chaotic stuff is going on, wherever you found Jesus, on the road, in the house, in the church, sometimes you got to find that place again. I showed up to the old homestead the other day to tore the old church down that I get my life to the Lord in. 23 years old, 1995. 23 years old. I stood. I drove by there and they tore it down. I told my daddy. I said, I said, hey, can we just pull down in there? He said, sure, brother Roger, come on. We pulled down in there. And I said, about where was it at? And he said, well, let's see. And he looked around. He said, I believe it's about right here. And I started walking over. True story. I started walking over there because they didn't bulldoze everything and moved everything. But I can tell you what. I started stepped in the same place that I stepped in in 1995 because I felt the anointing of God run all over me. I was having a bad year. I was having a bad pastor year. Everybody was leaving me. Everybody was walking out on me. And I need to tell somebody, if they can leave you, let them leave. And you keep walking for God. And I stood and it went all over me. Out there in the middle of the field. I mean, I started snotting tears. I couldn't control it. My daddy's sitting over speaking in the Holy Ghost. I'm crying like a crazy man, and he's yelling in the Holy Ghost like an older crazy man. It was sitting out in the middle of the field, but I had to go back to where I got it. I need somebody to hear me. You better hold the line. Don't you give up. Sometimes you got to go back to the faith. His mama said, go get the Corvette. We're going to town. She said, find the fastest horse in the stable. In our words, Porsche or Corvette, go get the Corvette. We're going to town. She loaded that boy up. But while the mama was holding that boy, the Bible said he died in her arms. She didn't think they did. The Bible said he died in her arms. This is the one that the prophet said, you're going to have a child. She's holding this child, and he died in her arms, but she loaded him up anyhow. How many people has give up when they saw their dreams die? How many people has give up when they got prophesied in the line? Thus saith the Lord, this is what I'm going to do. And two years later, they had a divorce, or the child died, or somebody COVID died. How many people has given up? My God, somebody Somebody help me in here tonight. How many people has given up? She carried him all the way to the prophet. The divine will of God. Told the devil, uh -uh. get your hands off of it. The divine will of God, when he was on his way to priest of Nineveh, said it's too big of a task. I can't handle it. I'm going to backslide and go another way. The divine will of God 
said, boy, you don't get to make that choice. Somebody better hear me in here tonight. You don't get to make that choice. You're in my divine will, and it ain't over with yet. It ain't, there's still things to do. You don't get to make that choice. It ain't over. It ain't over until he says it's over. We can't make that choice and think that our little human will is bigger than his divine will. You better hold the line, honey, because somebody is getting up right now. Somebody that died, backslid, is getting saved right now. Somebody's resurrection. You better hold the line until they all come home. Is this all right? Am I preaching okay? I'm coming to a close. You can't conceal me up in a bedroom for about four hours. I'll come out like a crazy man. Listen, listen, listen. Jesus said, just as Jonah was in the belly of the whale, for three days. When Jesus is testifying about you, you're a bad dude. So shall the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth for three days. His divine will is bigger than your mistake. Hold the line. His divine will is bigger than anything you messed up. Hold the line. His, his will is bigger than your divorce. Hold the line. His will is bigger than you losing your children or somebody to COVID. Hold the line. Come on, somebody. Hold the line. You can't give up. I'm telling you right now, you can't give up. The government has lost its ever-loving mind, but the church ain't got time to lose their mind. We ain't got time to play footsie with the devil underneath the table. We ain't got time to play popularity contest. How many can I get to come to my church? What can I get to do? How can I preach it so they'll like me? But you better preach it so they'll hate you. Jesus said they hated me. They're going to hate you. You better preach them out of hell and not into hell. You better preach it hot. It's the bloody gospel of Jesus Christ that'll save a man's soul. <laughs> Pastor Randy, come piano, please. Isaiah 53, 4. <clears throat> 4 and 5. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Somebody hear me. My God, your sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. And he was bruised for our iniquities, that the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. It's peace with God and peace of God. Peace is a two, 
It's a two-term deal. Any coin you got in your pocket right now, it's got two faces. One face on the other side and one face on the other, on the other side. But it's one coin. Peace is a two. It's a two-face deal, but it's one. It's peace with God and it's peace under God. And I need to tell somebody, both of them run hand in hand. And don't you let the devil steal your peace or destroy what's going on in your life. Because I'm telling you right now, if you keep holding the lie, That next soul that's going out into eternity right now. That hooker in the alley that's give up on everybody. That junkie that's putting his needle in his arm for the last time. Hold the line. They need you. Hold the line. Quit hiding. Because COVID's going to get us. He said to give you authority over every demon and over every spirit. Hold the line. Somebody, somebody, whoever's going out into eternity right now, Oh, my God, I feel it. Lord, I pray for their soul. Lord, I pray that whatever that Sunday school teacher taught them, I pray, Lord, that whatever that football player in the locker room instilled in them, I pray for whatever preacher that preached underneath the anointing of God, that the seed, Lord, that your divine will be done. In the name of Jesus, let the devil trample out of heaven and fall down. I pray, Lord, that you begin to move. Let me minister to somebody. Playing church long enough. Been trying to see how far we can get out there and what we can get by with. <clears throat> we turn loose of the line because we're distracted, despicable. church has lost his mind. Ordaining homosexuals and lesbians to preach the gospel. You lost your mind. Cut me off if you want to. But you lost your mind. Church members counseling young women to have an abortion. You lost your mind. telling our young people, let's eat pizza, we can pray later. You lost your mind. Somebody needs to talk about it. Hold the line. If you got anything 
in your life right now that you can't let go of. You ain't got it. It's got you. And if you don't learn how to turn loose and grab a hold of him, then you're going to be one of those flunkies who stand in line and you ain't holding nothing. It may look like you ain't doing nothing, but we got to advance the kingdom of God. We've got an advantage that Abraham didn't have. We got an advantage that Daniel didn't have. We got an advantage that Samson didn't have. We got an advantage that David didn't have. We got the Holy Ghost, honey, and it's moving for us. I want to have another revival until I lose my voice again. I want another revival that just wears me smooth out. I want to have a prayer meeting that I fall to the floor and I stay for hours at a time. I want another move of God that ain't fancy, that ain't cute, that ain't flamboyant. I want another root, a move of God that becomes rude to the enemy. I ain't trying to be cute with him no more. I want another church to stand up and hold the line with us. I want all the horn monglers, dope addicts, the addicts, the alcoholics. I want God to save their souls. I want to hold the line till they show up. I want to hold the line till they push their their addiction out of the way and come to Jesus. I want to hold the line until devils trample out of heaven fall like lightning I want to hold the line till every bit of my heart lines up with God I want to hold the line until COVID becomes a joke I want to hold the line. I want to wait on the next move of God. You hear me? Don't you miss this move. Because it's not going to wait on you. It's going to move without you. Don't you miss this move. Don't you tell me I go to church. I've been going to church since I was a whippersnapper. Don't you miss this move. 
They come in off the streets drunk, get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and start preaching. Don't you miss this move until the prisoners get released out of prison. Been there 20 years, we're sitting now. Been there 11 years. Don't you miss this move until God calls them to preach. And you've been stiff-necked and staunch and sitting on the pew all your life. Don't you miss this move. You better get up and hold the line.